Hey guys, welcome back to a special edition of NFT Hype, uh, where we talk to the Chibi's Global uh, founder and CEO of Chibi's Global, uh, a project that most of the WAX people have known uh, and have seen. And we have uh, Ted on the call, who's uh, representing Chibi's. And uh, hey, Ted, how you doing today? I'm absolutely wonderful. Yourself? Yeah, we're doing good. Good to hear. Yeah, Glad to be great, here. Buddy. Yeah, it's nice to hear your voice. <laughs> I know, right? We've been working all this yeah, time. <laughs> so, so much time texting, and then it's just like, oh, wow, that's what he sounds like. Yes, yes. And I have something exciting. So I couldn't get it ready for tonight, but I picked up one of these um, digital facial uh, recognition um, animations. So when I go okay. on live video, I'm gonna have the great philosopher Chibi talking as if as if it's me, <laughs> so it will match my oh. facial like emotions and and everything. But it'll be my voice, so it'll be absolutely hilarious once I get it done. I picked it up today, That's so it awesome. didn't have enough time to set up. Yeah, <laughs> so, hey. that would have been epic if we had it ready. That'd be awesome. But we'll just do with a phone <laughs> icon for now. Maybe we'll get our editor to put a put a, the philosopher Chibi in in your place on the on the screen. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That'd be great. Yeah, so let's get into it. Why don't we talk? I'll ask, uh, what are chibis? Ah, well, I mean, chibis, as for those that have seen them already, they are disfigured, uh, cute characters, generally. Sometimes you get monsters, too, but generally they're cute characters that uh, came from a Japanese culture about 40 years ago uh, that's now redesigned as the kaiwai culture, which is the cute culture in Japan. Um, but pretty much they're just deformed, um, cute creatures and a lot of uh, major IPs have them, but there are chibis that exist outside of the mainstream. And that's what chibis global is based on is creating a background history uh, foundation for all those chibis that aren't part of the big IPs going forward. And generally speaking, the heads are about twice the size of the bodies when you animate them. So, uh, for every inch of body, you get two inches of, uh, headspace. So they look quite, uh, fun cute kind of like those uh what, what would you call them oh the uh the bobbleheads you know back in the early 2000s we had a lot of bobbleheads around so if you don't know what a chibi is it's very much similar to what the bobbleheads look like are those like the, oh. the plastic ones cool. too have you seen those plastic in real life items where the head's bigger the phone uh -huh, exactly okay exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and uh interestingly enough so, you know, Chibi started in Japan and in the Asian cultures, but at the same time in the 80s, uh, I'm just going to plug this now so we can get past it, Garfield Kids happened in the 80s. And Garfield Kids were pretty much the Chibi <laughs> of the 80s. <laughs> when they released their figures, all their figures had deformed heads, but they never uh, used the term Chibis for Garfield Kids, but they're technically the Chibis of the West. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. So if you're familiar with them, I'm sure you'll uh, that one. potentially like <clears throat> integrating them into the game at some point, maybe hopefully, right? Indeed, we're, we're in talks. I mean, they're pretty much on board. They just need some information and they need to get past the releases and stuff that they're doing right now. So yeah, we can definitely look forward to seeing Garfield Kids hopefully in GB's Globals very soon. Wow, Mike, you don't Whoa. waste any time. You went straight into that one, huh, didn't you? Well, you know, the opportunity presents itself. Sometimes you just gotta grab the bull by the horns, right? So, yes. So, uh, what is what is Chibi's Global? Like, can you explain sort of 
the idea behind that concept for us? Yeah, sure. So I tapped it just briefly in the previous conversation. Uh, Chibi's Global aims to create a foundation for all the Chibis that exist in the Chibi space um, up to date. So we've collected all the licenses of all the Chibis that exist out there um, from all the artists that we could find. And we incorporated them into a game for Chibi, which is called Chibi's Global. It's the first of, of many Chibi games that are to come as a part of the Chibiverse. Uh, Chibi's Global will get into the origins of where the Chibis came from, uh, where they live, what they do, and how they've been suppressed and kept out of the world for so long. Um, we also get into some fun stuff about, you know, their philosophy. The great philosopher, uh, as we mentioned in one of our articles, called the Chibis to ask the question, what does it mean to be drawn? <laughs> you know? put yourself in a chibi's uh yeah. shoe and be like you know this life <laughs> somebody drew you what does that mean <laughs> so yeah fun little things like that cool and what inspired you to make a chibi game um a lot of different inspirations so i was working on um, a whole bunch of different projects and there were a few failed games on ethereum that used some chibis uh the the developer teams they exit scammed a whole bunch of people and they scammed us out of a lot of money. And uh, they, then they released another one and they did it again. <laughs> so the community came to me, uh, you know, because I'm a community manager on top of developer on Ethereum. And they asked me, um, since I've been involved, if I'd be interested in making an actual Chibi game that, you know, succeeds, is functional, and lives up to their expectations and hopes that they had with the original game. So I, I decided to say yes. And for about a year, we've been contemplating it, putting it together. We started last September. So it's kind of funny where we are right now. Uh, we started last September with the idea. And earlier this year, probably about February, March, when Corona hit really heavy, we decided to go forward and make the game. Uh, then what happened was that, uh, man, Corona was crazy. It still is crazy. But what happened was the Ethereum, the gas price, I was going to, I was going to develop and launch on Ethereum first. And then gas prices hit. So we're like, what the heck? I found Garageville Kids on Wax. So I came over to Wax. I'm like, what's going on over here, man? And, you know, the rest is history. You asked me, a few other people asked me, and I decided to say, hey, okay, well, this space is pretty cool. It's designed for gaming. And I think I can develop on it. So we decided to start developing on Wax. Um, but outside of that, Chibi's Global is really just giving the chibis a background story you know a lot of kids play chibi games where they can dress them up and all that type of stuff but as those kids get older they're going to kind of fall away from chibis because it's a kid's game it's a little kid thing um and then there's there's a culture around drawing chibis on um various different platforms but there's no story there's no background there's no history there's nothing to tie you to your chibi so what we're already seeing is that people yeah people are seriously attached to their chibis already just because of the story, the art, and, you know, financial, <laughs> of course. Uh, but, I mean, they're just emotionally attached to their TV already. So having that story, having that background, having a history, you know, that people can, you know, grow on is uh, the, the real core of what TV Global is about, is building that foundation. Uh, Ted, uh, did, do you, did you find it hard to difficult, uh, difficult to pivot from uh, Ethereum development from, to, to uh, WAX development or ESIO? Um, there's, there's definitely a learning curve, but luckily one of the first people I met was Jonah and Jonah ha happened to be a Solidity developer on Ethereum as well. So we, you know, like my first week on, um, on Wax, you know, we had a call, we talked for an hour or two and he really gave me a lot of insight, uh, and introductions to the different things and the different coding and, 
I'm actually finding it a bit easier than Ethereum. And of course, I'm one of the, you know, the core Ethereum developers uh, back before the big bubble, back, you know, in 2017. So we really roughed it out. Um, so coming over to, you know, coming over to Wax from Ethereum, everything's already built. So it's lar largely just learning uh, what the code structures are, what the contracts are. And since Jonah did a lot of the work, uh, you know, he came from Solidity. So I completely understand his work. So it's really easy for me. You know, just it's just time management at this point because I'm I'm wearing many hats. But overall, it's a very easy transition. So it'd be like converting Solidity smart contracts to C++. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Are you using EVM for that? Are you using the uh, Ethereum virtual machine for that, or is, are you just converting them like by code? Just converting. Um, right. I think we lost your audio there a little bit. Uh, is there something? Can you hear me? Yeah, now it's a lot better. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay, I'm on my mobile, so sometimes you might lose me. It's got crappy service. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you got out there for a little bit. Okay. So you're converting yeah. the, the contracts. So the contracts are, are fairly simple for me um, right now. And given that Chibi's Global is also being programmed in C++, and I grew, grew up in C++, you know, game development for, you know, since the early 2000s, everything's super smooth and easy for me. So, you know, we'll get, we'll get more into that um, another time. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, what is a JRPG? Oh, yeah, sure. So that's uh, that stands for Japanese role-playing game. Uh, you'll find probably the most famous ones are Dragon Quest, which is Dragon Warrior in the U.S., uh, Final Fantasy, you know, worldwide. Most, you know, role-playing game players know that. Dungeons and Dragons. So a Japanese role-playing game is slightly different than an American role-playing game, like or just a general role-playing game. Um, a Japanese role-playing game has character story arcs, and you build your characters. You you know you level them up. You gain experience. You gather items. You equip them. You upgrade the gear. You pick skills. You pick classes. Uh, you know so on and so forth. So it's a it's a dynamic growth thing. And one of the things that we've added to ours is that each chibi and each player will have a unique um, setup. You will nobody will be the same. You know some people will be the same, but not everybody because you'll have to make choices on your character development that lock in on that character um, permanently. So say, for example, you have Chibi XYZ, and you've leveled them up to a knight. And once uh, we add advanced classes, you'll have to choose one of the advanced classes. And once you choose that class, that specific Chibi will be locked to that class forever. So you could turn a knight into a paladin, or you could turn a knight into a castle guard. Um, and they'll have different skill sets and they'll have different um, roles that they play in the game and the different ways that they play in combat. So you'll have to make your choices um, Wait, so, specifically. So once I took a job, once I take a job, I can never have a new job? I'm stuck? No, no, no. I'm stuck no, in no, my no, own no. job? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> so you'll have your base classes, which you'll always have, but your base classes will also branch out into an advanced class you can only pick one of those advanced classes for that chibi and it'll be locked into that class forever. So okay. if you make say alpha, alpha, you know, we're, this is not real, but this is just an example. Alpha, all of a sudden you unlock his advanced class and he can become an angel. He can become a devil or he can become a neutral spirit. You'll have to pick one of those and he'll be one of those, you know, currently and have those skills on top of what he already has. Right. 
and then you can yeah. develop more more skills with him as well. Exactly. Like in a different yep. class. Right. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So it gives it gives the characters and the player base uh, a lot of a variety and gives people more of niche areas. Uh, you know, because if say only 100 people have this chibi, 60 people pick this one job and then 30 people pick this other one and only 10 people pick this other one. When you need the one that the 10 people pick, only 10 people can fulfill that role, you know? So there's going to be a lot of variety in a lot of niche areas uh, once people start developing their different skill sets. And then not to mention like what gear you own and, and all the like uh, tools and, uh, and the enchanted enchantments and stuff and all that kind of cool stuff too, right? That's all going to play a huge role as well, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And those, and those events sure sure and uh just to follow up those advanced classes will have their own gear sets so you know if you pick a paladin over a castle guard you'll have a different gear um outset you know you would have more of a holy um armor and a um a weapon and shield set up for say a paladin whereas a castle guard might have heavy armor um a hammer and a, uh, a large body shield you know so you'll have a different selection of um, advanced gear that you can equip to your advanced class as well as your basic stuff that you can get from your basic classes. Cool. So expanding, yeah, it gets really fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, expanding on the items and enchantments and all that type of stuff. So we have four different, uh, eight different professions and uh, you have alchemy, you have stuff like uh, weaponsmiths, armorsmiths, blacksmiths, crafters. Uh, miners, gatherers, and you'll be able to craft. At, well, first, you'll have to find the recipes. You can find the basic introductory recipes in town, but, but you'll have to explore into the world and do quests and do some crazy stuff to find like really rare recipes where you, you can craft something like, say, for example, Excalibur. You know, you might only be able to craft one of them, uh, but you'll be able to find really super rare recipes in the game, which you can bring back to your uh, Chibi headquarters and learn it and then start to gather the resources to craft something. Um, other things that are less uh, less rare, like um, say a platinum helmet, you could get a recipe for it and then you'd be able to put in batch orders to your crafters and say it might take you eight days to craft 700 platinum helmets. And then you can put them on the market for other TV players to, you know, to buy potentially. So there's a lot of different options that you do. Will this be like a web-based game or a mobile game? Uh, this is definitely going to be a web-based game at first. Um, once we, once we, you know, once we bunch up the uh, the funds that we're getting in from sales and uh, promotions and stuff like that, we might hire some mobile developers. But I'm not a mobile developer myself. Uh, but I am, you know, we have a mobile developer um, pretty much in the batting cage, ready to come out once we set a contract up with him and pay him, so we can go mobile. And I have assets to make at least three mobile games that can tie into the web-based game. So in that case, and this is something that I'm actually planning on doing, um, hold on just a second. There we go. So you'll be able to say, you know, you have your account and you have the game that you play on the web, but say you're not home and you want to play. Uh, most phones now can kind of handle web-based games. Mm -hmm. So it might be possible that you'd be able to log into the game, but even if you can't on your phone, we will have some apps coming out. There will be mini games that you can access from owning certain TVs. So once you have that and you're out and about doing your work day, traveling on the bus, traveling on the train, stopped at a red light, wherever, 
you can hop on your phone and play the little mini game for five minutes here, five minutes there, and you can game stuff that will then be applied to your account and usable in the game itself. That's cool. Cool. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, what does your timeline look like? Um, the timeline right now, so we're looking, right now we're in alpha, it's closed alpha first phase, which is wave zero. Um, we're looking at around October 1st for the wave two peoples, uh, which are the people that, that own the closed alpha tokens, and they'll be testing for about two weeks. So we're looking at the middle of October to swap over to beta, uh, which would be a closed beta, and we'll release the next heirloom chibi, uh, which would be the beta chibi, as well as our first set of uh, founders packs. So we'll be having that in the middle of October. Um, from there, that's the exciting part because alpha is boring. <laughs> you know, it's a bunch of technical mumbo jumbo, testing out linking wallets, testing out accounts, making sure all the browsers work. You know, it's not the exciting part. The exciting one is closed bit. That's when players start to get to actually play the game. You know, it's not going to be the final game. <sighs> um, but the thing is, is that the people in closed beta get to help dictate, I don't want to say dictate, but they get to help brainstorm on what the final game is going to be like. So as you're playing it, you can make suggestions, say, oh, this would be better this way. Oh, maybe can you include this? Or maybe let's change that. You know, that's, that's what's awesome. Closed beta is really fun. Uh, so that's going to be October through probably December, I'm thinking. Probably about two months. Uh, in the middle of November, we'll have the Genesis pack sales. So Genesis pack sales are going to be huge because it's pretty much almost all chibis in every pack. So it's the Genesis of the chibi uh, nation. And you'll get all, you know, some of those chibis will be in the founders packs, but they'll be mostly in the Genesis packs. And then Christmas time, we will have- How many, um, Genesis, can you, can you expand on Genesis packs a little bit? Tell us how many chibis uh, per pack and that kind of thing. Sure, uh, we haven't determined exactly yet because we're gonna base it on the size of the community. So by the time that the Genesis packs are out, we'll have four other chains on top of WAX. Mm. So we'll have 3,000, 5,000, maybe 10,000 players. Uh, so we'll really so have- You're to expecting to have four chains by Christmas? Say that, say that again? You're expecting, you're expecting to have four other chains on board by Christmas? Or three oh, absolutely. Oh wow, so, okay, cool. I didn't understand that the timeline was that quick. Yeah, yeah, so let's back up for a second. Um, we just uh, we just greenlined on Hive. So what we just did on Wax for the last month, we'll be doing on Hive soon. And Flow just released their um, coin today. And then we've been in talks with you know, Flow, I've known them forever, uh, before they were even Flow. Um, so we'll be setting up on Flow soon. So you can definitely count on Hive, which is Splinterlands. Uh, the Splinterlands community is deeply embedded with us uh, as well. So you have that entire community. Um, and you have the Ethereum. You know, we, ha we have tons of PV players from Ethereum. <laughs> so you have Ethereum, which is Flow, possibly Engine, um, Tron, and Hive. So that should all be incorporated by Christmas. You know, I'm just I'm going to do each month will be onboarding a different chain. <laughs> How does that work? How does that work? Uh, is the, are the Chibis going to go from one chain to another or there's a swap or a bridge or something? Yeah, good question. So there will be a bridge um, and your uh, each community will have its own unique chibi. So Wax has the heirloom chibis. We'll have a different type of um, founder chibi for say Hive and a different one for Tron and a different one for Ethereum. 
Now, what happens is, is that you will get all your packs, you know, depending on what chain you buy it on, um, on that chain. And then when you're in the game, you can take it off the chain, which will swap it. So I would have like a wallet set up that would accept all wax cheese. And then what would happen is that you would get an off-chain version of that cheese. And then you could rechain it onto another chain as a bridge. Interesting. Yeah. So, so technically, if you want to make some money, you could take your alpha from wax, bring it over to the hive, <laughs> and be like the only person with an alpha on the hive chain. Um, and that's something I'm sure, you know, market seven people will be doing. So you're not going to mail any more alphas on the hive chain then? No, no. Every chain will have its own unique group. Right. And they'll be completely different. Absolutely. Yeah. So there'll be 16 unique, approximately 16 unique founder type um, TVs for any chain. Right. And when when you move chibis from one chain to the other, the assets in a, in like a um, escrow smart contract, right? So basically, it doesn't increase supply; it just moves it from one place to the next, kind of thing, right? Because Correct. Yeah. That other one's not in circulation. Yep. Yep. And that's pretty much how, um, for example, for the wax people listening to this, that's what Atomic Hub did, you know, with GPK. You can take your simple assets GPK, yes. and then bridge it into AA. Yeah. So, same thing. Yeah, it's wrapped in an AA shell, basically. Yep. Cool. Um, yep. How has the community that, responded so far to uh, this lovely game? <laughs> the, the community response is out of this world. I mean, this is beyond what we expected ever at any point. Um, we really, we really thought of TV Global to be a small community oriented, not that it isn't, um, but a small community oriented for maybe a couple dozen people. <laughs> so it was just people that we were like, okay, we're tired of what's been going on with TVs. We just want to play and use our stuff and you know, that's it. So we never expected to have this much of a, it just, it blows our minds away. Uh, you know, there's about five I remember when we did the alpha sale and, and like you were kind of worried about <laughs> it. And then that morning, like, we had so many people streaming into the chat and like one of the guys, I remember the comment was like, I hope I can get one. And I was just like, okay, like I, we're selling these things. Like they're going to sell out today for sure. No problem. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, we, we sold out a hundred alpha TVs in three hours. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then we just had our recent founders package sale, which was a really high price ticket. We sold all of that in 24 hours. Nuts. <laughs> you know, it's it's real um it's a real humbling experience because people love it so much. And we've kept things wholesome and positive. And I really kept communication open and interactive and you know, I like to think I'm doing good at customer service, <laughs> you know. Uh but um the overall everybody's really I mean people are so excited they want the game now. Like yeah. I wish I had a magic money and I could just swing and be like, done <laughs> you know. Uh coding takes time and the thing that's holding me back the most is just the networking. I'm using a new networking solution, so it just it's a learning curve. But after that, once the closed beta hits, it just it's to the moon from there, for sure. Guess you have to scale up your dev team, right? Say that again. Are you say are you are you currently scaling up your dev team, or are you good? Um, we're we're good right now. Uh, it's it's 
it's really just a matter of time. I knew if I put more people on it, it really wouldn't change the schedule. It would it it would change maybe how much of the playable games available when beta hits, but that's about it. But we'll, we'll scale after we hit the um, the founder pack sales. Once we do that, we'll scale up. Okay. Uh, what does what yeah. does the gameplay mechanics look like? Sure. Um, so whew, this, I got to take a breather here because I. I'm a New Yorker, so I talk fast and I talk without breathing. <laughs> There's so much to explain on this one. Oh, um, so, gameplay mechanics. Uh, as we said already, it's a JRPG, so you'll get to level up your characters, choose their stats, choose their classes. Um, from there, it's going to be a combination of things. So, you're going to have the traditional bird's eye view um, role playing. You're gonna be over the character, watching them walk around towns and talking to NPCs and you know getting quests. But you're also gonna have a title strategy. So once they leave the town, they're gonna to go into the overworld. And the overworld, instead of your normal um, explorable 3D overworld, is gonna be a tile system. So this tile system, you'll go from tile to tile. Now while you're, whew, while you're on those tiles, you're going to be able to explore the tiles. So the whole game world will be like, say, 3,000 tiles total, you know, to start with. Um, and it'll take you an hour to go from each tile. From there, you can go inside your tile while you're waiting to go to your next tile. When you go inside, there'll be about 50 to 60 randomly generated tiles. They'll have monsters, dungeons, uh, treasure chests, uh, resources. Um, NPC cities, you know, villages, camps, whatever, uh, be random. And you can explore those at like one, two, or three minutes per tile. So you can do that while you're waiting to go to the next tile. Now, from there, you'll have the option, without knowing, <laughs> of entering into certain types of environments. You might enter into a Metroidvania type environment, which is kind of like a uh, Mario meets Metroid, um, side scroller. You might end up in a, a battle scene, a side scroller. Uh, you might end up in a top-down exploration mode where you're on like an adventure talking to people, or even a battle scene like Zelda, you know, where you're exploring the tiles and battling active monsters around. So there's a lot of different options that you'll encounter randomly in the world. Now, well, we're going to take a break. How this play out <laughs> just depends on what the quest is or how does that work? Absolutely. So it would be randomly generated. So depending on what you're going into, so say you uh, you find a, uh, a cave and you uh, have the option to ignore the cave, <laughs> look inside the cave, or enter the cave. Um, so you can look inside and kind of get a feel of what it's going to be like, and then you can enter and go into that. So that cave might be a Metroidvania, it might be a six-hour long battle. <laughs> You know, or it could be a 10 minute long uh, adventure. So you never know what's going to be inside completely, but you can get some hints by looking in. So we'll add that feature for sure. Cool. So, yeah. Scope yeah. it out. Yeah. Now there's more. Um, so this is, this is a multi platform type of thing. So when you're inside Chibiville itself, you, um, you will advance the story. And at some point, you'll unlock Chibi headquarters. TV headquarters is where you kind of manage your team, your roster, um, but it can also be attacked. So the monsters in the game obviously are, you know, trying to shut down TV. So you're the guardian of TV. And that will be a tower defense mode. 
Uh, you can also have Tower Assault, where you go and attack opponents' um, headquarter castles. So you'll have the ability to storm in a tower defense mode, but it's going to be a tower attack mode, the enemy castles, but sometimes you get alerts where you have to defend your own castle. And that will be in you know the traditional tower defense mode. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. So you don't have to have enough people at your castle to be able to defend it. Kind of thing. Yes, and also structures. So that's why gathering and mining is important because you need metal and you need wood. So, you know, to build up your defenses and your towers and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's quite complex, but yeah, the tutorial will walk you through all this so you kind of understand it. So we won't just be throwing everybody in because, you know, we have a lot of people with different um, levels of experience in gameplay. So we kind of want to get everybody on the same page and understand what it is. Uh, for the for players who are new to this type of game, what do you suggest they focus on? Um, that's a good question. Uh, you're definitely going to, in the early game, you want to gather resources, A, because resources are scarce. So if you gather resources and you don't just hoard it, but you can sell it to other players, you're going to make the currencies you need to advance in the game. Later on, you're going to want to do crafting. So, you know, obviously armor weapons are probably going to be the most important ones. Um, but blacksmith too. You know, potions are important. Um, so there's a bunch of different stuff. So as the game transi transitions, you'll see people using mining and gathering first more often. And then once the supply becomes, you know, extremely large, then you'll see crafting take off and gathering less often. And so I guess then that means that there'll be lots of like lower tier um, weapons and armor and stuff like that. And then the higher tier stuff that we've been receiving as airdrops for um, Alpha, Tau, uh, and Founders Keys will be pretty unique then? Extremely unique, because you're gonna see volumes of like 50,000 pieces of, or you know, 100,000 swords and shields, but they're not gonna be of massive quality. They'll be useful um, because we also have, um, what's it called? Let me think for a second here. Um, degrading uh, weapons and and items you can damage and or break your stuff. So your fancy stuff, you're not gonna wanna break. Yeah. Can you guys give me just about two minutes to put me on hold? Yep. Okay, I'll be right back. No. All right, cool. Yeah, so um, what is your overall vision for the, for Chibi's Global? Like, how, where do you wanna see this be in like a year or two? Or yeah, sure. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it's looking like that. So we, we actually put together a 12-year plan um, with three years of story already set up. So what will happen is that the game will release um, story arcs every quarter. So spring, fall, you know, um, winter and uh, summer will have very specific story elements um, and the game will advance. Now, it's really up to the players how fast or how slow the game advances. Um, so, for example, the first season, which is the first year of Phoebe's Global, the players will be uniting to rescue the fiefdoms um, and wrestle control back from the uh, the forces of entropy. Now, the fiefdoms were originally controlled by the heirloom Chibis, who protected the Chibis in Chibiville, and uh, entropy kicked them out. That's, you know, a very short version of the story. <laughs> But the first year is the struggle of the players to get those people back into control. 
So you'll use the non-fusion areas to start to build up your forces, and then the guilds will collectively assault one or more of the fusions at a time. And that can take many months to do, you know, to even take back a couple of tiles inside one fusion uh, is a big struggle. So it, it's huge, you know, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, but overall, we have uh, a lot of vision for the game that, you know, if it takes off and if it does its thing, it's gonna tie into a lot of other games that we're producing and other games that exist because of blockchain, yay. <laughs> Uh, so I can't speak too much to that yet because it's a big surprise that I don't want to reveal, but there are things on the horizon over the next decade that will uh, incorporate GBs in many places. Cool. Very cool. Is there yeah. a benefit um, for you as a game developer to using blockchain assets versus a traditional wall garden scenario? Yeah, sure. So that's, that's always a good um, point for us to make. And it's why I made my hop over into um, crypto gaming in the first place. Uh, everybody that's been playing games for the last 40 years, 20 years, 10 years, five years, um, and even right now, they're playing games that once the developer decides to cancel it or something happens that causes it to get canceled, you lose your stuff. <laughs> you know, that's it. You can't bring it to another game. Um, all that stuff that you spent thousands of dollars on, it's gone and you'll never see it again. Uh, that doesn't happen with blockchain. Your stuff exists on the chain permanently forever. And any developer can use assets from another game, you know, with permission. Uh, unless that game is already dead, then they can just do it whenever they want um, and make a new game or incorporate it into their current game. And that's what's happening with GBs. You know, all those people that spent tens of thousands of dollars on Ethereum and got, you know, they got screwed over. If that happened in a regular Fiat game, they would never see their stuff again. However, here, we're able to move those assets, and not just from other GBs, but from other dead games that we're planning on bringing stuff in from, um, then you can reuse your assets. It's so cool. And the other cool thing is, you know, Chibi, say, say new technology comes out and say 2025 for crypto gaming. Bam. You know, we don't have to cancel Chibi's Global. We can just port it over and just move your assets from one to the next. And that's, that's the main interoperability that we love. Yeah. So. In fact, uh, you, I think you've mentioned that we have some community members from uh, the Ethereum game over on Wax here. Is that true? That is. Uh, all the administrators, except for Mike, who's right here, um, are all previous Ethereum players, um, including myself. And there's plenty of players that are in the community, um, already part of it, and buying on Wax. Uh, in, in the, I don't know how you say it, in the hopes that it takes off, and that they get ahead of you know some other players and we've got some stuff in the early game because we know how important challenger stuff is. Um, they're also scouting it for the other players that are curious, saying, "Is this real? Yeah. <laughs> you know, are we actually going to get to use our stuff?" Thank God, <laughs> you know, there's an entire group. I mean, Kaiser runs and uh, a few other people run a group of all the Ethereum players, and they're ready to invest. And some of these people are big time whales. They're like, "How many packs? Can we buy ten thousand packs?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I would love you to, but unlike the previous developers, we actually have something called game balance. <laughs> so I can't just hand you 10,000 packs just yet, maybe in a year. <laughs> uh, but that, that's what the that's what the mindset is. That they're hyped up, they're excited, they want to be involved, and they like the aspect of being cross chains. That way, it's not just locked into the theory, which was horrible, especially with the gas. Um, so. Yeah, that, I hope that answers that question. <laughs> yeah, 
what is cool. the what would you say the, the the impression so far of wax has been uh from the ethereum uh, community <laughs> i wish i could screenshot the, the private messages but it's, it's blowing them away because it's instant transfer and it's free to mint it's unreal i mean yes flow is doing this yes hive is doing this splinterlands on steam did it but not at the scale so the ability to come over we already had some development because of Chibi's goal, we've had other developers come from Ethereum to Wax to start developing. Um, wow. So, yeah. That's awesome to hear. Absolutely. There's nothing like sending an asset and it's there in like two seconds. I, mean, I know. This, this makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. So, so many listeners. This is send it on ETH, it costs you 12 bucks and it's going to take, you can send it on ETH, it costs you 12 bucks and it takes freaking 20 minutes at least, right? <laughs> yeah, and if you don't put enough gas, it takes you like 24 hours. Like, what in the world? It took, it took my uni companies like six hours to come through. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Oh, man. <laughs> Everyone's uni because they're all trying to claim at the same time. Gas is um, at like 700 or something ridiculous then. <laughs> it was totally crazy. And, and check this scenario out. This just happened today. So we're, we're partnered up with Grow Your Base, and we're going to distribute 100,000 chibi trinkets to the grave based community. <laughs> Do you know how long that would take to wow. mint and spend to make like 100,000 assets? <laughs> yeah. It's almost it's instantaneous forever. on that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> With no transfer fees. So, yeah, it just, it blows, it blows its way. And honestly, Wax, Wax saved these global because of the, um, the fees and the issue structures with Ethereum. We were a week away from saying, scrap it, we're not going to make the game because of the, the gas fees. And then I found Wax, and I'm like, here's a godsend. Thank you. <laughs> so, literally saved the game. That's why, that's why I made, one of the TVs I made was called Wax Mage Hero of Chibiville. And that's based on that exact experience. <laughs> that's cool. Wax that's a nice backstory. TV. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. What is your overall vision for the crypto space in general? Oh, that's, that's another good question, too. Um, that's a hard one to answer. I, I saw that we had that question, and I'm like, I'm not exactly sure I'm going to answer that just yet. Uh, <laughs> but I like it. I like it challenge. So um, the main thing is interoperability. So we kind of tapped into this, and there's just so much more future options. We can get major IPs into blockchain. Doesn't have to be wax, but it can be any blockchain. Um, you can get Final Fantasy. Uh, Final Fantasy, for example, they've had 16 games since the 90s of their mainstream version of the game. You pretty much play the same characters over and over with the same gear over and over. <laughs> had we had the blockchain back then, you wouldn't have to reissue the same characters or the same style characters, the same weapon. Like you got Excalibur and Final Fantasy One, Excalibur and Final Fantasy Two, Excalibur and Final Fantasy Three. You don't need to do that anymore. You know, you can build off of what you already have. And that's what a game right. um, that I highlighted. Yeah. A, a game called Suikoden. It was the first game, and it was on PlayStation, where you could take your progress from Suikoden 1 on PlayStation, take your memory card, plug in Suikoden 2, and continue your games. They were 20 years ahead of the industry. I was on um, Sega first, wasn't it? Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe there was an original Suikoden game for Genesis, but then PlayStation picked it up. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. good. It's uh, that persistent 
uh, state uh, that, that that's that's what's missing right from the gaming aspect yeah and, and honestly video games in the fiat world are stagnant it's the same storylines with different characters and the same items over and over and over across different um, developers and different studios um, you don't need to do this anymore blockchain you can make all this stuff once and get back to storytelling as it makes a game a game the challenge level and the story so if you do that with blockchain you bypass all the things that are holding back gaming now where people are just playing cookie cutter games it's just the same it's the same stuff over and over because they have to spend thousands of their hours recreating the assets for each new game and you don't need to do that anymore all right uh, who if any are your sponsors and their partners helping to develop promote or support chibis global yeah, sure, sure. Um, so one of our major supporters and uh, networks is Silicon Nexus, which is part of Convergence. Um, it's a, uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> it's a great group. And they have a massive studio of people and professionals in the gaming world behind them and behind us. Uh, and they range from CEOs of Activision, Capcom, uh, Atari, uh, Sony, Disney, uh, a whole bunch of different places um, that advise and or um, help generate the, the technology behind these games. Um, we're also teamed up with uh, the Legend, Splinterlands, and a whole bunch of them too. So with that being said, we have an amazing support system. Um, you know, it's not that we need it, <laughs> but it's there, you know, uh, and it's nice to have when you, when you want to have it. Uh, we also are working on onboarding. So one of the things that Silicon Nexus does is they have a real world onboarding system so they have a kiosk already where you can um, claim rewards in like casinos um, kids parks so on and so forth instead of getting like a stuffed animal for tickets you can get an nft for tickets um which is amazing it just sucks because you know corona's here and nobody's in the park <laughs> so literally all the kiosks are shut down right now so but they came out with an amazing system it, it's it's revolutionary technically uh you you just go up put in your credit card put in your ticket whatever you got and say okay click 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 here oh look chibi's global this one looks good for kids um you know maybe your parents there helping you pick something out you click on this one oh i want that chibi it costs 500 tickets okay i got 500 tickets boom got chibi send it to the wallet created a wallet so on and so forth and bam somebody's been onboarded from fiat just like that in a arcade yeah cool so we're, yeah, we're holding that. Yep. <laughs> uh, what what yeah. are some of your other favorite projects in the ecosystem there, Ted? That's a good question. Um, Dissolution uh, just dropped from Engine, and we're trying, and I do believe they are coming over to Wax. So Dissolution is a big one. Um, as a Legends, so our, our team, one of our, you know, part of my team, uh, we were the first creators of a trading card game on Ethereum. We were the first game to succeed on Ethereum. Um, and the Legends has kind of picked up, you know, since we had to turn the game off for a little bit because our founder passed away. Uh, so they they got amazing art. Um, and if you did the recent um, Silicon Nexus virtual conference, you would have got a unicorn robot card. <laughs> so if you got a ticket from them. Um, and that thing is pretty awesome. But their their project and their artists is just out of this world. Um, they've been around developing the game, developing the community for a couple of years, so I absolutely love how they're doing it. Splinterlands, definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> I played that for a long time. Uh, Agro's a great guy, and we've networked on a lot of things. 
So let's see if there's, let me just think of there's anything else out there. Hmm. Maybe one on wax. Hmm. Yeah, what about the wax um, community? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, okay, I'm still new to wax. Uh, I'm, I'm iffy, so I, in, I'm split. So I love Dark Country's game, but it's very sacred. Um, you know, there's some anti-religious stuff in there, and I'm a religious guy, so it's hard for me to love the game because of the art and the concepts. But at the same time, it's put together really good. I'm in, I'm in the closed alpha, so I can actually play the game, and the game mechanics are great. Oh, yeah. um, and the team's great. Yeah, yeah. So Dark Country is definitely going to be a winner. Um, I haven't had a chance to check out Prospectors yet. I hear good things. Um, and that's really, I mean, with like the projects. Like various uh, NFT projects and stuff. Well, I definitely got to say what's happening with wearables and just art NFTs all over the space, especially uh, now in WAGS, uh, that's really taking off. Um, I'm really thinking about what type of art I like, uh, but I do see a lot of acti activity in there, but I'm more of a use case person. Um, but I think it's awesome that artists, you know, can get paid finally and get out of that, you know, hungry artist phase. You know, anybody that's jumping on, any art, it doesn't matter what it is, <laughs> it's selling, <laughs> it's amazing. It can be the most basic or the most advanced art and it's gonna make one just because it's an NFT and people are just like, okay, I'm gonna collect this. Uh, and that's really cool. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, um, Mike, did you have any more questions before we uh, wrap up? And maybe we could give the chance to to give some shout outs to people who have yeah. helped and support him. Yeah, anyone you wanna thank or? Um, oh, give a shout out to. Well, I mean, two of those people are right here <laughs> for sure. You know, without you guys, I probably wouldn't even gotten started on wax. I just came to wax to buy myself some guard show kids. <laughs> uh, so I guess we can give a shout out to Tops too. Um, some of the people on uh, the wax team, like um, Marty. Uh, let's see. Um, another one. Uh, what's her name? Ariel, uh, the community manager, actually did her college i was reading an article that she was in she did her college 20 minutes away from where i grew up so she's probably one of my neighbors from way back when so oh, that's a fun one too. she's pretty cool too um she helped me out when telegram was getting all messed up and everything so we got to thank her um let's see who else let's go down the list <laughs> uh i think hanford and um Jasta. Uh, and Jose Rubio, um, they really helped out with the uh, the marketing and sales in early stages. Uh, we have a couple of good administrators, Mike being one of them, um, Miriam and uh, Kaiser also are very active. Uh, we got Rob from EOS Detroit and Dimitri. They helped us develop an airdrop tool. So, you know, you guys, you guys remember in the community, people remember, but not everybody might know. I was spending like, oh my gosh, eight, 10, 12 hours doing airdrops after airdrops after airdrops because <laughs> i'm not i just arrived in wax so i don't have any of the scripts written up so i'm just like okay i'm just gonna manual through all this so they got that tool built up and it takes me about 30 seconds to send 100 people something so it's amazing that's uh awesome. that's, that's a big yeah uh we got a hype squad so shout out to all the hype squads to get everything out there anders nine merlin you know all those guys uh they're great they're wonderful so Outside of that, everybody knows I love them, so shout out to everybody. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Uh, how Thanks for the... coming on, bud. Yeah, how can, uh, we, how can we more about Chibi's Global? Yeah. And um, where? what's your website? 
and where do we uh, where do we chat with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the best way to find out about Kiwis Global is our website, and that's going to be kiwisglobal.co. So not com, but .co. Um, very common in uh, crypto gaming to use IO or CO. So we're .co. Uh, you can also get us in Telegram. That's where the main conversation happens. Uh, you get Discord. Um, Discord is where all of our gameplay is being managed from. And Twitter. Uh, you just look up Kiwis underscore global. And that will have the links to all the different groups. We have a lore group and an announcement channel too, which is also on Telegram. Yeah, your your Telegram is t.me forward slash Chibis Global if anyone wants to see there. Great. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm doing Telegram. I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was awesome having you on, uh, Ted. And uh, thanks for coming on to NFT Hype. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. So. And uh, happy to be here. You guys let me know if you need anything. All right. Cool, man. Cheers. Peace. Yeah, Peace take care. Be well. Peace. <laughs>